Well, welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership all the way up to another level. Exclusively now, part of the SEU Fire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ken Dingle, president of Southeastern University, and I'm excited to introduce our co-host again. Uh, no stranger to this podcast. You've been with us before. Glad to have you with us, Mo Isom. Mo is LSU's all-time goalkeeper record holder, mm-hmm. and she leads a family ministry called Bold Life Initiative, and it's an honor to welcome you back on the podcast. Hey, this is a pleasure to be back with you, to be back on campus. I have a special place in my heart for SEU, so uh, well, this we're is grateful. a treat. We're grateful for you. On today's episode, I, I, I want us to talk about the power of opportunity. Okay. Uh, if if there is anyone who has taken advantage of opportunities, great opportunities uh, in life, it's you, Mo. And last time we were able to speak, you talked about your competitive uh, edge and drive to accomplish your goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I want our listeners to learn from your experiences and and find practical ways to to really elevate their life mm-hmm. and to elevate their journey. To start off, I I, I want to talk about your experiences going back to uh, LSU. You were uh, the LSU all-time goalkeeper record holder, 43 wins, 30 shutouts. Something like that. And uh, I think it's 0.86 goals uh, against uh, average as well as the, uh, let's see here, let me make sure I got the, as well as the number three SEC all-time shutout record holder. Yeah. Wow. So uh, talk to us about what the journey to these records looked like for you. Oh, goodness. Well, I look back now and I just want to revel in those glory day stats. I'm now a mom to almost four. The fourth is on the way. I feel like if I tried to kick a soccer ball, I might tear everything. But there were days where that was, um, yeah, that was my season. That was my spot. And I think what was unique about that journey, or at least when I look back to to the full arc of my athletic pursuits, was um, really the 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 drive to step into situations or circumstances that it would truly be a challenge to excel, that it was going to um, not just be handed to me, not just be easy. So I think about when I was even looking at what college to choose to play soccer at, we had a lot of different you know, options on the table and some were big name universities and maybe could have stepped into it and won a national championship. You know, How neat would that be? But would I have been starting and leading the team to that success or would I have been on the bench and then had a ring, you know, realistically looking at, I have the opportunity to step into something that is established. Or, you know, when I looked at LSU at that time in particular, I had the opportunity to step in and help build something and help something become established. And it was a bigger challenge, a bigger question mark. Um, But to me, that was very exciting. And I think it's also sort of the enjoyment that a goalkeeper in particular carries of the the weight of the games on your shoulders a lot of the time. Make the save and you're the hero, let the goal in and you carry that, you know? And so for me, I'm just wired a little differently. The, The easy route or the quick success is not as appealing to me as the... Uh, what can our work produce or create? How can I be stretched or grown? And um, I enjoy that pressure. So yeah. that was an influence, you know, influencing factor of my college choice. It's why I think I enjoyed the position of goalkeeper. It, it's influenced a lot of choices in my life of how can I be grown and shaped through the process of really having to work this out, you know, yeah. really having to put everything in to, to get results. And, and, and to get those results all, all obviously requires 
great discipline. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the disciplines that you put in place in your life to help you accomplish those things? That's a great question. I feel like I'm probably speaking from more wisdom now at 31 than maybe what I intentionally carried at 21. Um, But I can look and see, you know, the discipline of structure, of order, of intentionality with my yeses and my nos, um, of knowing, you know, what the goal was, what the focus was, and disciplining my time and my energy and my life around that. I mean, for a college athlete, it's a very different collegiate experience than a student. You have to say no to a lot. Right. You're, sure. You're working. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a real commitment. And um, learning to embrace that, not see that structure or, you know, those yeses and nos that are necessary, even if they don't feel great as imprisoning, but actually as the framework sort of uh, guiding you and leading you towards success. It's it's much like the Word of God. If we look at that as a rule book, we're going to feel very limited. If we look at this as a guide given to us from the Father in order for us to walk forward and live well, then it's very empowering to walk in those constraints. And so, um, I was very disciplined in college and uh, progressively so, and I'd say, you know, even more progressively into adulthood and then, you know, managing a home and children and all that comes with that. But knowing the intentionality of yeses and nos, being disciplined in, does this serve the ultimate purpose or is this a distraction? Having clarity on that in all of our lives is very helpful in walking in the fullness of what's yeah. possible. And how, how, um, how, what are some of those disciplines or how are, has those disciplines helped you now in your current role as a mom, as a leader, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and play in what you're doing now and serving? Yeah, well, now ministerially, I mean... I look at the ministerial roles of wife and of mother, as well as, you know, being out traveling, communicating, writing. Uh, These are all different forms of callings on my life from the Lord. And um, they have to be carried well or I'll be crushed under them. Because each of them have great expectations around them. So I have grown and uh, come out of seasons of feeling very burnt out and wrung thin and Um, stretched when I've remembered, hey, implement the same disciplines I knew in sports Mm. and in, you know, different avenues of life. Don't forget those. Bring them right into this season too. Know your mission. Know your focus. Know your boundaries, your yeses and your noes. and be okay with those seasonally. Yeah. There's a lot I have to say no to because I have three right. three kids, almost four under five. You know, yeah. it's a different season of life. But that's okay because that's where God has me. I can apply the same structure around the endeavors and I'm actually going to feel rested and fruitful and prosperous in each of these avenues if I've applied the same disciplines of uh, intentionality, really, yeah. and stewardship. Yeah. Now, uh, not only were you an elite soccer player, but you were also an incredible place kicker. Um, oh. <laughs> you you were actually the first female to ever train with and try out for a Division One football team. Yeah, SEC, um, yeah. Uh, this season, we saw history again made with Sarah Fuller mm-hmm. of Vanderbilt uh, being the first female to score a point in a Power Five football game. Um, I would say in many ways, Mo, you've paid the way in college football for this to be a reality. Um, uh, can you talk about yeah. what it means? 
means, you know, to see somebody like Sarah Fuller out there on the field making contributions to her team. And you kind of set the stage or set the way for that. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, I... um it was really interesting watching that all play out because our circumstances looked so different, uh, yet it was equally as exciting to right. see it being fulfilled. I mean, uh, whereas I I don't know that I ever uh, thought much or framed much w- around the male-female dynamic. Mm. That's how it was. it's always going to be presented and carried by the media. But for me, it was this long-term pursuit of a new call, a real challenge, a not a guaranteed success, you know, but stepping in and trying, just like I applied with sports, where with soccer a little bit ago, um, to really be stretched as the best athlete I could be. And now a new sport. And can I, you know, excel and achieve at this? And uh, it was a long term, I think it was almost 22 months of investment in that, you know, in hopes of that eventual yes to the roster and kicking in a game. Uh, that didn't fully come to pass, but um, it was a it was a long arc effort. It was amazing to see with uh, Sarah Fuller, I think it was because of COVID and quarantines and a need and they, uh, you know, needed someone to fill that position. And the fact that maybe her focus or uh, maybe months and months of effort hadn't been put into it, but she was ready to rise right, to the right. call yeah. when they said, hey, we're down and out. We need you. You've got a leg. That was really exciting to watch her yes um, in a high pressure situation, right. high criticism situation, high, yeah. you know, uh, man, just an intense setting that in a moment's notice when when called upon, she gave a yes and ultimately served and helped the team. Right. That's the goal, right? I mean, yeah. it, again, it's all framed male, female, and we make a big deal about that. But what I saw was an athlete who was called upon in a moment's notice, said yes, rose to it and contributed to the team. And that was exciting to see yeah. male, female, no matter what, right. Right. you know? And um, so if, you know, my long arc journey and then receiving a no, in any way helped pave a boldness for a yes later. Um, awesome. Yeah. You know, but I, uh, they were such different journeys. It was so interesting to watch and um, exciting to right. see too. Yeah. But I, uh, I'll be interested to see how that continues to sort of shake out in the sports picture. Um, yeah. Cause it was unprecedented. It was, it was oh, definitely. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, I think um, many leaders struggle with realizing that much of their impact will only be seen after their leadership season is over. Mm-hmm. How can leaders make or, or how can leaders actually take a, take a view, a much larger view of their legacy mm. right now. Yeah, wow. That's, um, in my opinion, the beauty of appreciating the the season and the role uh, with sight on the long-term gain or the long-term victory. If, if we are wanting to sow seeds and see them spring forth with life and see the full reap of the harvest and see the whole process through, we're going to be really challenged when um, that growth process is longer or slower than we assumed. Uh, do we see the value in being the one sowing the seeds? Mm. Do we see that that harvest is never going to yield if, you know, I'm using a farming metaphor here, but if those seeds aren't first sown, if that land isn't tilled and toiled, if uh, things aren't tended to, that work is just as valuable right. as the one who comes to reap the harvest and to, um, 
yeah, maybe see the fullness and the excitement and the glitz and the glamour that comes in the long run. It wouldn't be possible if there hadn't been someone faithful in maybe the unseen place right. for sowing. And if we as leaders insist on um, being seen and are unwilling to lead in the unseen place because we know the mission, we know the call, or we yeah, know absolutely. the hope of the long term, then we probably shouldn't be leading because most right. leadership is done in integrity in the unseen hmm. place. And so I think it's, I would offer encouragement for anyone, you know, in that leadership role of. Um, know what maybe is unseen or unpraised by man is seen by the Father right. and is praised by um, man the Father if you're carrying out your mission and you're faithful right. to your call. And uh, whether you see the whole process through and the harvest reaped or whether all you ever got to see were seeds sown and watered, um, man, it's it's bigger than us and it's bigger than yeah. what we get to witness. Um, and all those roles are valuable. You know, in thinking about um, empowerment for young ladies and as someone who was a first and a pioneer and a glass ceiling breaker, why is it important for uh, our society to have individuals be a first? Oh, I love that question. I take it so far beyond even just the sports picture to, um, I look at even a lot of the topics and areas that the Lord's led me to speak into, um, in the ministerial realm of of sex, of sexuality, of sharing scars, of you know mm. brokenness, of trauma, of addiction, and what I've seen is that being bold and being brave in any context, in going first, oh, the 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 power that pulses out of that, how that liberates others mm. to find their voice, to feel brave as well, how that. That glass ceiling that I care to break through is the one that, you know, we would uh, think we are stifled because of X, Y, or Z circumstance, and that no one else has gone through it, and that if we dared, you know, share or open up in this way or try something new or make ourselves vulnerable to failure, then, um, man, we're just going to get crushed. The, the reality is that if we can find the courage and the wherewithal to go first, yeah. it is it is crashing through a barrier and a limitation for so many who have power knit into their bones of what they could carry forth, but that fear factor limited or inhibited them from walking in that boldness. Sometimes just seeing someone else say, hey, if no one else is going to say it, I'll say it. Yeah, you know, if no right, one else is going to try right. it, I'll try it. It just, it's like it just unleashes courage. And um, there's a lot of people have so much to offer by way of leadership, by way of contribution to their schools, to their families, to the world, really. But um, it's almost kept in a a jar because of that lid of fear. Being willing to go first and take off that lid and say, hey, let's all give it a go. Man, it it activates more. Yeah. It activates more of the body. It activates more of people contributing to the same cause, and you start to get momentum behind yeah. something when someone was willing to yeah. to take a swing at it. And, and especially when you have that foundational um, discernment that that's what God's raised you up for. Right. That's you know that you are going to be this uh, solution. You are going to be the first to to uh, lead in, in that circumstance. You know, last time. Um, we spoke uh, with each other. I remember you saying that no is a word of direction, not a dismissal. Yeah. And can you talk to us about what you've learned through the no's mm-hmm. that you have gotten in life? Oh, 
Um, I believe uh, maybe it was Pastor Mike Todd. My friend sent me a, a clip from something he had spoken into where he actually talked about our nose being anointed. That um, yeses feel good, receiving yeses and giving yeses may bring the rush, but sometimes there is even more anointing in the no's we receive or the no's we give because uh, they have the ability to, again, like I said a few years ago, you know, not be words of dismissal and shutdown, but be words of direction. And sometimes receiving a no can bring, it's the closed door that allows us to turn and see a different one that is open. Um, Or it is, uh, you know, the... I guess a a guide that would help us turn and see, okay, you know, that wasn't for me. And and I I believe that there is something for me. There is more that the Lord is leading me to. So let me pivot and let me, you know, find my way to his his throne and his presence to see where is that yes and what would you have of me? And if we can kind of culminate our no's and help them better guide our yeses, we'll feel less crushed by them when they come. And it will also teach us, again, how to give discerning no's and the right yeses. Um, but if we let it carry the power of, you know, just crushing us, um, we, we will have missed the, the actual power of construction that it can carry yeah. uh, in us and with us and through us. So I'm not so scared of a no. Um, sometimes it's worth pushing back and arguing on a little sure, bit. But sure, sure. Sometimes it's, it's just worth receiving and saying, my God's not a God of a closed door and that's it. So there's something else. So someone right now that's listening and they're in the midst of a no and they're very discouraged. Mm-hmm. What do they need to do right now? Oh man. Well, the first thing that's coming to my, my mind or my spirit is just fi- fix your eyes up. Yes. Set your eyes that's up. Good. A lot of the time we're looking just laterally what's straight ahead and all we see is that looming no, or we feel like we are just surrounded and pressed on every side by the fear of it or the weight of it or, f- or failure or rejection. But he calls us to fix our eyes up, mm. to change our perspective, to um, look up and look forward at, at what uh, more there is. And um, man, sometimes just looking straight ahead or even where nose can lead us of, of our head down to the ground, feeling defeated and, um, you know, really hopeless. Uh, there's, there's a lot of blue sky and there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of fresh life. If we can, if we can fix our eyes up on him and say, you're sovereign, you're seated above, you see the full picture. You have, you know, sovereignly allowed this no in whatever context that is. And so I believe you can and will use all for your glory and, um, that there is a yes, or there's an opportunity or there is healing or there is something ahead that, um, I can, I can fix fix my heart on because I fixed my heart on you, God. Yeah. And I, I, I know Christ, that my hope of glory, the ultimate prize is, is always ahead and there. And um, I'm, not, I'm not bound by these temporal circumstances. Right. No, that's powerful wisdom. You know, today, uh, you and your husband are leading a movement known as the Bold Life Initiative. Your ministry um, exists to, to challenge, encourage, to equip Christ followers to relentlessly pursue and, and uh, holy, bold lives. And in a world that is so fractured right now, so, um, so divided, it can be hard to lead bold lives. Um, so can you talk to us about the mission of bold life and what are you, what are you hoping to, 
uh, to instill in, in this next generation that's coming up? Well, what our heart is really beating for right now is the source of any and all boldness, any and all clarity, any and all purposed, focused, healed, uh, missional movement forward is going to be intimate communion with God, knowing Him, being known by Him, being plugged in really to our power source, um, which is the Holy Spirit, which right, is right, Christ, right. our salvation, which is the Father. And um, man, so often when we think of boldness or when we think of a mission or when we think of what's ahead, we, um, we're doers. We just want to go and achieve it and it be seen and it be praised. But um, really all of that centers and starts in the still unseen quiet place, yeah. um, in intimacy with God. This culture, this generation is so confused around the entire concept of intimacy, um, but it's the greatest invitation of the gospel. Yeah. It is the gospel. We claim relationship, not religion. Oh, Christianity, it's all about relationship, not religion. Yet almost every relationship in our life is fractured or unhealthy. Yeah. And what does that mean to come back to the root, to the heart and allow God to renew our minds, to teach us, hey, this is relationship. This is intimacy. This is what, you know, I long for this connection with you and all things are going to source out of our intimate connection with Him. Right. Our purpose, our mission, exactly. our yeses, our yeah. noes, it all comes from this hidden place with the Father. Right. And our heart, at least in this season, is really beating for calling this generation back, back to their first love, back yeah. to the simplicity of that place of authentic, genuine intimacy with God. And yeah. anxiety will fall. Depression will fall. Purposelessness will fall. You know, we will become a fueled and, uh, man, abiding branch that can bear much fruit because we're yeah. abiding in the vine if we will come back to the simplicity of knowing and being known by God, yeah. intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so, a bold life is really yielded out of an, a life of intimacy yeah. with God. And those seem um, maybe contradictory. One seems fast, one seems slow, but they work in perfect communion. Yeah. So Yeah. And, and, and as you have discovered, you know, when you talk with these, you know, like even here on our campus, these amazing students mm -hmm. who are bombarded every day with thousands of messages on social media right. telling them this and that, do this, do that, you know, how, you know, and they do want to know right from wrong. Mm -hmm. They do want to know truth, but truth is a person and that person is Jesus Christ. Right. That's why that's so powerful. So mm -hmm. grateful for that. What What is Bold Life doing right now to make some differences, uh, initiatives? Yeah, it's been an interesting season. 2020 kind of shut down a lot of our in-person event-based, you know, speaking, ministering, laying hands, praying. But uh, we have a book coming out in April called Fully Known, An Invitation uh, to True Intimacy with God. And um, we are really right now just building towards um, the release of that message. It was a message that I shared on campus today, actually for the very first time oh, wow. with the students today was the first time sort of brought that that written message uh, to life. And um you know, we're, we're on the front end of, of that launch of that message and actually very interested to see how God will uh, spread it and use it because we're in such different times. It's right. different, you know, than any other time that um, we've released a message or a book. 
Um, but praying around sort of the creative initiatives that he would use to, to move that message forward. We've got another babe on the way. So yeah, when, weeks when's after, the due date? April 24th. April so tw- books, wow. April 6th, babies, April 24th. Uh, and we're very passionate about, about family and home and um, what that model looks like. So finding, finding how to juggle those things, but um, looking to continue to engage with individuals um, in person when, when that's there, digitally, um, intimately, man, just in fellowship and, and the nearness of community that's been so rich yeah. in 2020, and um, just seeing where the Lord leads it. But whole new, whole new message, whole new book coming up soon, and I'm that's going to it's, be exciting. It's that stepping yeah. into the space that we don't know the guaranteed blueprint sure. of success. Yeah. It's saying, God, how will you do it? Show us uh, where you'd have us and what you would have us say and do, and we're just going to follow. Yeah, that's it's a powerful message, and uh, we're grateful that our students could hear it today. So thank yeah, you for doing that. Well, uh, we've we're a great conversation. Always enjoy having you on on the yeah. podcast. We've, we're going to wrap things up with our fire round. So are you ready for uh, some quick questions? I'm going to give you four know, quick man. questions. You can do this. Yes, you can do this. First question, when do you know an opportunity is right for you? Oh, when I've been in consultation with the Lord and he has given the green light. He sent confirmation. So uh, a thing he's really rooted me in is seeking the the two to three witnesses premise, two to three confirmations. If I have been in the still place with him, seeking him for an answer, wrestling with him, you know, is this opportunity it? Is this what we do? Um, I, I usually will not act until I receive two to three confirmations, whether that's in the word, whether that's through another person, whether that is just the unique ways the Lord will sometimes sure. speak or move. And we're like, okay, there's no way that's coincidence. Uh, I look for those two to three witnesses because when he's, you know, born witness to his word in a handful of instances, I feel confident. Even if I don't have all the answers sure. or know sure. how, I can I can give a pretty firm yes. Yeah, that's good. All right. Question two. What does adversity teach us? Oh, adversity is highly sacred. It is not scarring. He he uses all for his glory. In this world, we will face trouble. We can take heart. He has overcome the world. We have the opportunity, if we want to go back to the athlete reference, to realize and understand the tension, the friction, the breaking of uh, weightlifting, of working out, of right. running sprints. All of these things build us. They strengthen us. So Romans 5, 3 through 5, we can rejoice in our adversity, right. knowing it produces perseverance, care or hope. Hope in the Holy Spirit never fails us. So yeah. oh, I see adversity. It, it's really rough at the time. And then I can almost always see his glory through it. Now you are busy, busy uh, being a mom, about to be a mom again to uh, <laughs> another child, uh, all your work. How do you create a work-life balance? Oh, man, a lot of structure, like we were talking about, a lot of organization and intentionality. Uh, my husband, we're very blessed that right now he's able to work part-time at the hospital and part-time uh, with the ministry. So days that he's home, he is just fully present with our kiddos and able to help, and I can you know, get in the office. But when he's not, I'm full steam mom, and I just have to trust that God will multiply time and efforts because... Um, if we're, if we're stewarding what we can in the best way we can, we're not going to miss it. We're not going to miss Him. If we're walking faithfully in what our calling is, He's, he's going to use it. Um, so I just try to be very present, you know, ministerially when that's the space I'm in. 
very present maternally when that's the yeah. space I'm in and uh, wherever I am, just be all there. Yeah. And it comes with a lot of help from community and oh. a great husband and friends and my parents who live right behind us and oh, just kind of all hands on deck. Yeah. All right. Final question. What's one message you want to leave this next generation? Oh my goodness. Um, man, what's coming to my, to my spirit right now is just uh, sit, at, sit at his feet sit at his feet. When we look at the story of Mary and Martha, they both loved the Lord, obviously. People give Martha a bad rap, but um, she she deeply loved the Lord as well and was serving him as she saw fit. But when Martha seeks for Jesus to rebuke Mary, um, Mary Jesus says, man, if there is anything to concern yourself with, let it be this. Mary has found it, and it, it will not be taken from her. Mm -hmm. And so, God's actually giving us permission to concern ourselves with something in that moment, and it's uh, that we find our way to His feet. Our concern should be, how do I even fit life around the amount of time that I'm with my Father, that yeah. I'm spending at His feet, not the other way around. How do I fit in reading yeah. the Bible? How do I fit in prayer? No, how, how um, our, our concern should be, man, how can, how can we even get up and move and eat and drink um, when we have such a glorious God to be yeah. in front of and at His feet? And so, I just want this generation to slow down. I want them to sit down. I want them to know Him and be known by Him. And I think we'll see so many issues and struggles um, just fall by the wayside when yeah. we're in the presence of our Savior. And it's rich. It's never wasted. Yeah. He does a lot through that. So good. Well, Mo, I want to thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I'm grateful again for the insight that you provide and have provided our students, providing our listeners even today. If you want to stay up to date with Mo Isom and all she's doing, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Mo Isom, as well as her website, moisom.com. That's all we have for today's episode. For more content, head over to KenEngle.com, where you can check out the latest blogs and articles. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, at Kent underscore Engle, and Twitter, at Kent Engle. See you next time on Framework Leadership. <laughs>